Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to another episode of iHeartGeek. Now, this is going to be a different episode. We don't usually do a lot of these anymore when we just talk about one show. And when we talk about one show, it's usually like a multiple season show. We don't get any of that today. We're talking about the one season wonder of Firefly. Yay. Um, this is something that people have been wanting for us to talk about for a long time. Um, I've been wanting to talk about yes. it for a long time. I think that was the first request you had when you came on the show. Can we talk yes. about Firefly? Firefly? And here we are, almost two years later, finally got it happening. <laughs> <laughs> I am Dub. I'm here with Christina. I'm here with Skeeter. And we're here with Satomi. How is everybody doing today? So excited to talk about Firefly. Like it's it's no joke, you guys. From the beginning, when when Dub asked me, asked me, asked me, what my uh, I what I yep. you asked me, um, <laughs> I like that you asked me, uh, what what my um, <laughs> what I really wanted to do. I see now. I'm thinking of Acme like like in like like in the Looney Tunes. I think um, like Akbar. I don't know why. Well, that works too. It all kind of it all kind of comes together. It's all in a sci-fi universe. <laughs> and as long as it's in the Firefly universe, I'm a happy camper because this is one of my favorite shows. And we're going to have some questions about the universe and where they might fit into other places just out of some little fan casting at some point today. Um, now, before we go on real quick, um, I'm going to give you a word from us. So we're our own sponsor today. Hey, Geek Rockstars, it's contest time. We are continuing our nine-week coverage of What If. And during these What If episodes, you have the chance to win some super cool swag from iHeartGeek. Now, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to visit the at iHeartGeek show on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, and make sure to comment. And while you're there, you also want to like and follow us as well so you can hear about all things iHeartGeek. You'll receive an entry for one comment on each channel per episode. So that's a total of four entries a week and 36 total by the end of our nine-week contest. So good luck to you, Geek rock stars, And remember, keep on geeking out. Okay, thank you for, uh, that was, that's so meta because I'm like, I'm talking to you and then I see you on the screen. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so real quick while you're at it, if you want to hit the subscribe button, we'd appreciate it a lot. It helps us Do out. It. It's not hard to do. It literally is like half a second out of your life. So if you can't do that, we'd appreciate it. So here's here's my first question. Why are we still talking about a one-season sci-fi show that's a Western, that's Chinese, that literally got thrown all over the places in the, uh, in the time slots that the networks obviously had no faith in? Why are we still talking about this amazing show? Um, I'm going to save Satomi for a last. So, um, Skeeter, since you just binged this for the first time last night, tell <laughs> us, what do you think? Why do we still talk about this show? Um, I, I, I literally am blown away by everything that this is. I mean, swashbuckling. Uh, I mean, I'm going to my notes here. It's a swashbuckling space adventure western that had the spaghetti western total comedic side with adventure and i mean everything about every episode was it was different I, every episode was literally different i mean you had the same characters this the the cool stories but it literally said like hey we're going to have fun yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the whole Chinese piece. I don't even like I that blew my mind. But yeah, it was just theories cool. on that. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Christina? Be first of all, it's one season of absolute perfection. It is amazing in the way it draws you in. It is the one series that I can watch with Sean and we both connect because it's got that Western feel to it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's another one, but um, and on top of that. He brilliantly tied it up in a pretty bow with serenity. I think there needs to be a law that if you drop me a series with a cliffhanger, that needs to happen. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, who's with me on this? Come on. Well, I, they were not planning on being canceled at all. You could tell. So, Tommy, what about you? Tell us what you would tell us your thoughts on. Well, this well, first of all, one of the reasons we're still talking about it today is actually it was not a complete season. So um, Fox canceled the show before the season was even done. They aired it out of order. So if you are Did out they? there watching it, they aired it out of oh, order. You suck, Fox. Out right. of order. Um, the uh, the the train heist was written because Fox came back and was like, "No, we don't, we don't, we don't like your pilot episode." So they they wrote it, and it just sort of flipped everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's out of order. Um, secondly, when you're talking this this was a classic case of seriousus interruptus. We knew it was going to be good. We could feel it ramping up and it was going to be so good. And then there was this vast nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also talking about this is this is Whedon at his best, where he's got compelling characters who are a lot of times when you're talking about a pilot episode, the writers are still kind of figuring out who these people yeah. are. And, he knew. you know, he knew. So as soon as you start watching it, you do have to, as a as somebody who watches it, sort of get comfortable in this universe and what are the rules of this universe. Um, but they're they're so fleshed out so early. They're so yeah. complex so early. So you know, unlike a lot of shows which might take a season to get into, this one takes maybe two, maybe three episodes mm-hmm. where you're like, and by the, by the time you hit episode four, you're like, I'm invested, I'm in. yeah. I am here, how long are we going to run? So, um, yeah, and plus it's it's timeless. So The if, themes are timeless. If they wouldn't have jumped in the deep end like that, do you think Fox would have given it a little more support? No, I think Fox was, um, Fox was in the middle of trying to recreate the X-Files. Yeah. Because Which that sucked, had been the a well, the remake, not the original. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, uh, oh, it was fantastic. No, the, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. The recreation um, was not. No, they were. They were. Excuse me. I should say they were trying to recreate the success yeah. of the X Files, and they were just throwing things at the wall with people making decisions that that well, it, it just you know they it, it's that whole thing. And sorry, we can go, get into the philosophy of producers and you know that that eye where um you you do often have producers who are just trying to the goal is not to make a great show the goal is to recreate the success of another great show and so you end up with these sort of weird blinders on where you don't have the vision to see something that could be truly great that might be a little bit different yeah you know what i'm saying because this is not this is like this on the one hand, it's like a lot of stuff we've seen before, and on the other hand, it's nothing like anything we've seen before, and it's the stuff that we've seen before that lets us tie into it mm-hmm. and get hooked into it, and then it takes us on a side yeah. road that we're like, I didn't even know there was a turnoff there, but this <laughs> is fun. So I so, will stop talking now. Controvert controversial statement, and some people might get mad at me for this, but I think the only reason. Don't get mad at me. Uh, the only reason Firefly was so perfect is because it only had the one season. If we would have had more you. seasons, they would have screwed it up because they, let's be honest, that's when people start getting their fingers in the pot and it, it doesn't taste the same. Season two is never as good as season one unless season one sucked and then season two can be better. I don't know that we would be talking about it if they had a second season. I think they would have screwed it up. I disagree. Okay. Please tell us why. I I think it's possible that I mean there any show can jump the shark at any time, mm-hmm. but I think this could have had a healthy five season run. Five? Okay. Yeah. I would give it like a, a really okay. healthy five season run, um, because, and I'm I will let somebody talk next. I promise. <laughs> but like you know, even Joss Whedon said something like Firefly is nine people in the universe and each when each one tells the story of the universe the story they tell will be completely different wow and i'm paraphrasing hard but essentially he's saying that that's right you I'm look at every one that. of yeah. those characters and they they see the world they live in with very distinct eyes and yeah. that's why i think there was there was space for longevity there christina what about you what do you think about that 
I absolutely agree with Satomi. I feel like those characters were created so vibrantly and so richly and incredibly unique. There wasn't mm -hmm. a filler character per se that they could have very easily done four seasons, five seasons, yeah. um, you know, and just to, to be able to fall in love with those stories again and again and again. I mean, look at like Out of Gas, the episode where you get to really get to know how he met everybody. I mean, they could have completely branched off from there um, into more storylines had they had the time. Uh, so there's just there's yeah. there's a lot of a lot of color that they could have filled in the lines with. Yeah. And, and and I agree. I think I would have liked to have seen that, but from watching TV for the years that I've been watching it, I don't have faith that they would have. I think that they, it would have been very easy to screw up. My opinion, and yeah. I I would love oh. it if I was wrong on that. But Although, I think I think with Joss at the time, he was so passionate and so vibrant himself that I don't think that would have happened. I mean, maybe if we'd have gotten Josh, you know, five, six years down the road, I would be more concerned. But this was like he was his best. He was very much a space cowboy at that point. Yeah. And some people call him, you know, Maurice. What about yeah. you, Skeeter? So I'm right there with you, Dub. I think that you know, why mess with perfection? I think there's certain episodes that could have spawned a second season uh, following specific items, but it, it was just too good in itself. And I'm still trying to really like soak everything in since I did binge um, that, you know, to say like, what would a second season look like? I mean, how do you continue so many different storylines? Whedon did do a great job. You know, the thread was definitely there for it for more seasons. It, it, it was, but I feel like, I mean, the characters, the supporting, everything was there. I just feel like it, it, I don't know. It, it just one season. It was just so perfect. Everything about it. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. I mean, anything with that Western theme, like is going to stick. Doesn't matter. Well, that's I mean, part of our DNA as Americans, whether we want to say it or not, that is part of our DNA is that cowboy. Well, thing. it's funny. Cause I'm not the, I'm not the biggest Western fan. My dad mm -hmm. used to watch him ad nauseum growing up. And I think that might be why, but um, it had not, had not appealed to me however i love it it's when the it's take sort of, of it though turn yeah. on its head you yeah. know this kind of this you know it's westerns in space all right i'm in you know <laughs> or or back to the future you know it's it's uh it's so it's many things fun yeah. when you've got when you've got like a different a different take on that same genre no they just paid attention they, they yeah. paid great attention to detail and that's what would have made it successful in more seasons is their attention to detail. Had yeah. they fallen off that detail of the guns, look at every single gun through this whole thing. I mean, Would from historical much more problems, yeah. up through, I mean, you try to, you know, they paid attention to that. That was what was awesome. Keeping it Mal with that. I always had the theme. same horse. Always. I don't know if you guys knew that. Anytime no, I had no horse, idea. It was the same horse. Oh, I um, love it. So yeah, that, that you're right, that detail. Now, let's say this, let's say they started Firefly in 2018. And so it's going directly on the streaming services. I think this show is more tailor-made for the binge than the weekly. Um, yeah. And again, the problem with, was they, they played them out of sequence and all that stuff. This show, I think if... Um, if they were given their own deal, I think after the second year, they prob possibly as a bin show, they could have their own streaming network that people would pay for that. And I think it's, I think it would be that big of a deal, but you mean it, like the firefly streaming network, or you mean like something like that? I so mean, it's, or just, just to have kind of a, a hub for that genre, uh, just a hub for that genre. Okay. I think that would, this would be huge if it would have started in 2018. Yeah, I think that it was too far ahead of its time. It, I don't think it's a good fit for weekly TV. It's very far ahead of its time. And I think it's because of the 
um, it, and this is something that only happened a little more recently in TV. I mean, not, not terribly recently, but I don't know if everybody remembers, but when we used to watch episodic TV, everything was sort of encapsulated in its own thing. Yeah. And, you know, you could watch those episodes out of order. And then um, we started getting these huge story arcs and Firefly really did. They really took that story arc to this sort of contemporary space that we live in now, um, which makes sense because Whedon's got so much stuff out yeah. there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there because he, he saw the, he saw the full scope of the story as he was writing chapters and letting us have peeks into chapters of, of that novel. Yeah. I feel like, like if you look back at, you know, early TV, if you had, you know, if it was episodic, you had the to be continues. Yeah. Right. And it sucked you in for the next episode. And I miss that so like, much. Right. Because now to be continued. Yeah. you don't have to be continued. If it's going to roll, they're going to keep that same story arc through the whole thing. And they'll do and a last week. A recap. Yep. So, you know, like Sons of Anarchy or, you know, things like that, where Game each Thrones, week, Vikings, everything. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. It's told the same story week after week after week. It wasn't so episodic. Yeah. But I'd say that's where I think we have developed as a culture. And I think that, you know, Firefly was on it before anybody else was. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's one of those shows that, um, you know, I bought on Amazon so I could just watch episode after episode after episode because it's that good. So now, I know we all love this show, but I want you guys to put your critical, critical hats on for a second. And I want to ask this question. Do you think, even with it, although it only had one season, that this should be in the geek pantheon with Star Wars and Star Trek? Or do you think that without the extra seasons, it's, you can't really put it there? Be critical. I know we all love this show, but I want you to kind of think about that a little bit. Does it deserve that, that, that Star Wars, Star Trek, all encapsulating of all geeks? I mean, that is pretty much the definition of geek would be in that pantheon. Maybe even a Harry Potter would be in that. Uh, do you feel like this should be in that pantheon with only the one season? Uh, I know what Satom's going to answer, but uh, let's start with Christina. Absolutely. <laughs> and the reason why is because they did so well with tying all of these characters together. They did so well with fixing, you know, in 2005, when Serenity came out, people lost their minds. Um, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, for God's sakes, on IMDb, it's got a nine out of ten. Like it is a incredibly loved and popular series. So absolutely, I think that it fits into that category with, I mean, it just slides right in without a problem. Fair enough. Skeeter? I am, so my notes, going to the notes, I'm going with, it could fit into a Star Wars. So, and here's my thinking, um, could be like, a relative of Han Solo, like totally. No, oh, that's totally so, what his character's based on. Yeah, I think I think Mal is like a distant cousin, something in that realm. Um, there's the two sides. You know, you've got the 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 good side and the bad side with the alliance and the and which and is still brown, a little gray and shady, right? With the brown coats, yeah, and then the music. Like you've got some really strong bon you know, in the early seasons. music. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean it's there. So I think this could fit into you know early historic Star Wars stuff. So not as so let me just get this clear. So not as its own entity, but if it was part of one of the entities, no, you wouldn't have a problem with. Is that kind of what you're saying on that? Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he totally. nodded yes for our audio listeners. Uh, and so, Tommy, let's let 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 me hear you tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it absolutely has a place with Star Wars and Star Trek, and and all. And I here's the thing: I think the only reason it isn't already there is exposure. It was out for such a short amount of time, and if you yeah. notice, whenever you run into somebody who's who's seen Firefly, it's always why haven't you seen Firefly yet? You have to mm -hmm. see Firefly. Even 
however many years it's since like it proselytizing like doctor who yes exactly like you need to watch this and the the reason that i think i think that it deserves to be there is when you look at those other uh those other franchises those other worlds it's about that fully realized complex fleshed out world building that is in place yeah so star wars you your imagination can take you anywhere in that universe and create stories because you understand the mechanics of that universe. Same thing with Star Trek, same thing with Harry Potter, same thing with Firefly, because we have this future that has been established. And I know, I, I think I'm right about why we have so much Chinese um, language and culture in there. Although I do have opinions about that, that we'll talk we about. We will in get second. into that in a few minutes, I promise. We will, we will. Um, but it is a it is still a fully realized universe where you you know that if you go into the outer rim, you're going to be in this less developed, more down and dirty area where they're stripping part. You know what it feels like to me? It feels more like um, contemporary Star Wars. It has it more yeah. of a Rogue One feel, but with a little more humor. Well, what why I don't think it belongs is just because of what you said. People tell everybody about it, but it doesn't have that worldwide notoriety like the Star Wars or the it Harry will. Potter. Or the- oh, yes, it will. I, 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 I hope you're right. But I hope I'm right. I'm you know, and, right. And I hope that one day we look at it like we look at the original Star Trek. Firefly I, is the reason I watched The Mandalorian. Like, it can slide right in there. And I didn't get to finish my thought because I drank my coffee too fast and I didn't want to burp on screen. Sorry, you guys. Um, (laughs) But that is absolutely the reason I gave Mandalorian a chance and it could slide right into that type of story in Star Wars. Well, uh, I'm going to move my script around a little bit. Could the Firefly universe be shoehorned into the Mandalorian universe? Or do you not want it to have that I want Firefly to have that autonomy that is its own. Would it be cool to see them interacting with the Mandalorian universe? And would it fit? They could definitely make it fit. I don't know if I would want to, though, because I like Firefly. I would want, if they brought Firefly back, I want it to have its own universe and its own autonomy. I don't want it to be under that Star Wars has to follow the Star Wars rules. I don't want Mal to get a lightsaber at some point. I agree with you there, and I, there's a reason why I think it doesn't fit. Um, we, there are no aliens in Firefly Universe. True. There is no alien interaction in Firefly Universe. I didn't even and, think of that, but that's good. Yeah, I mean, that it's, it could be, again, Star Wars is happening in a, in a galaxy far, far away, so they could be concurrent in the same universe, but um, it Not could be just the... Yeah, it could be the area where, you know, humans are still a little too far away to have encountered, or these humans. Now, and Skeeter, you said that it could, but do you think it should? Or would you, or do you think it would ruin it to be in the Mandalorian Uh, universe? I, I mean, I said that it could, um, but it would be a very fine line. I mean, it's country mouse, city mouse at this point um, with, (laughs) with, you know, you've got this universe over here but it could be like on the outer like i think satomi said like the outer rim type of a deal yeah where this is going on over here in a separate universe you know or maybe in that universe that's not so far far away yeah you know they talk about earth as it in past tense it was something so i don't know maybe they know something that's different could it fit maybe i mean now that we're thinking about it i think it's stretching now the more i think about it but but it's really stretching i love the thought of it and if that got us firefly back i'm in but i don't know that i would want it to be under the rules of the star wars universe what about you christina before we move on you know the somi made an incredibly fair point that i hadn't thought about either about there not being uh aliens in the show um so if they did it, it would, I think it would definitely have to fall under like pre-pre-Star Wars, like before they went to further galaxies where there were more of like the aliens, but Firefly by itself will always be perfection to me. So there you have it. Very good. Okay. So now let's move on real quick to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. 
And now, let's see what all of our geek rock stars have to say. Okay, so for today's listener feedback, I asked a question. What does the show Firefly have such a huge fan sentiment still after all this time, and why do you love it? Um, I only put this up the day before, so I apologize that I didn't give a lot of time people a lot of time for people to answer, but it is what it is because, yeah, yay. But, Satomi, would you like to read, the, read some of the feedbacks today? I'll read the feedback of those of you who had time to get back to us because I know so many of you are fans. Um, Scott Pepper said the cast, it's just a great bunch that had a chemistry rarely seen before and not enough since. I will agree with you there, Scott. Their chemistry is off the mm-hmm. hook. Uh, Mark Hagel said the characters had attitude I immediately connected with. Yes, they did. It's shiny. Um, John Hughes said it made him feel like he was a part of the crew. Isn't that true? Yeah. Like you, you just felt like you could, you could get right on board and be like, hey, what's up? And then finally, Todd, the voice of the show, Harvey said, the fragile humanity that the writers inserted and the cast performed, especially, uh, oh, and the cast performed epically, excuse me. Nathan Fillion is superb um, as, uh, oh, excuse me, is a superb actor for parts as his was in Firefly, where you want a smart, cynical, very human, i.e. flawed character. Mm-hmm. And I will agree, because I think Nathan Fillion embraces that in himself. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, thank you guys for writing in. That makes the show so much better. And I do want to say real quick, I know the majority of our people listen to the show rather than watch it. And I know a lot of our contests are geared more towards the people that are watching the show. However, we do have, we will have something coming for our audio listeners only, because I think that that's fair, because I know there's a lot of you guys that listen and we really appreciate you by the way. Yes, we do. Okay. So let's jump right back into our discussion. Do you think it's an intentional choice for the deep culture dive into the Chinese culture? Do you think that was an intentional thing? Do you think it's just something that Joss Whedon's into? Or do you think it's trying to raise extra money because they knew that all the money comes from China now? <laughs> uh, so, Toby, I think you got something you're about to pop. So yeah. I know you've been wanting to talk yes. about this. Yes. So I'm going to preface this by saying, There is an issue in this show, in this show that I love dearly. And that is, there are almost no Asians in the entire flipping show. That's an issue as an Asian American. And the fact that, and here we go, this is answering your question. So when you're talking about a projected future, this makes sense. China has one of the hugest populations in the world they are pervasive. They are um, as uh, culturally um, as uh, in our entertainments. Um, so, gosh, words are suddenly failing me, you guys. But the the Chinese entertainment industry is larger than the American entertainment industry. So much so that a lot of American companies are going over to China to shoot mm-hmm. and use their studios now. So a you're talking about you know a really huge culture that is going to be a part of the entire culture, world culture moving forward. So if we head out into space, it makes perfect sense that we would have ended up with, you're talking about American English. So we are, at least at this point in our world history, we are a super, a global superpower and mm-hmm. so is China. So it would make sense going forward in the future that those two cultures would sort of merge together and meld so that you end up with this, um, you know, with mouths cursing in Chinese and making little comments to each other. And apparently um, I don't, I don't personally speak Chinese, but apparently they had a, um, a coach on, on set and um, some cast members were way better at it than others. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Nathan in particular was apparently really terrible, but um, it's, it's still, it makes perfect sense in this future that that would be an intrinsic part of the culture. There. Anybody else have any thoughts on this or do are we gonna move a little bit? I see, I know this one's hard because the political stuff and we're leaving all that out because we always do. But um, I think that the, the, the cult, Chinese culture is amazing and I actually do love to see it. 
you know, leaving everything else aside, the culture is beautiful. I want to learn how to swear in Chinese. It sounded so cool. I want to learn how it. to swear in every language because that's just <laughs> fun. <laughs> Skeeter, your head looks like you're, it's about to pop. You okay? <laughs> uh, just, I didn't understand it. I was like, wait, why? And then I was like, well, maybe it's like when, you know, when we were little kids and I don't know if your parents did, but, you know, some parents spoke pig Latin around you. So you didn't understand or they spelled words when you were tiny because you couldn't spell yet so Until you were like 17 yeah yeah so right <laughs> so i mean they they literally were i don't know i i i was like why are they speaking chinese i mean tudic killed the chinese killed the dialect he did awesome but he's a voice guy so it well, he's the he's, he's the dude i'm sorry but you know and i just i was like why what when where and like satomi said wasn't a single uh asian in the entire thing so what was going on i think um, there were two background I characters i thought in one of the bars i thought summer glow was partially but that's i didn't know now uh, it maybe. could be one of those she situations looked, she had that look yeah it could be yeah. one of those situations she could have been mixed yeah. i could i could buy her as being mixed and that would make sense I mean, yeah, personally, she I had the almond eyes that I could see yeah. that. But yeah, I definitely found myself trying to justify it because, you know, uh, how they talk about Earth being a past thing. And I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe Asia was the first, you know, nuclear, whatever. Maybe that it just wasn't there anymore. But yet the culture carried on. So I always found myself trying to justify it. Well, the other thing we the other thing we can look at with that is it's after Earth. So let's be honest, people are going to be hooking up in a lot of different ways that it wouldn't have. Most of the people are gone. So your breeding stock changes. So everyone's going to look a little bit more, quote unquote, vanilla because everybody's eventually gets homogenized. Kind of this, yeah. Although, I'll, yeah. And I, I did notice there. I mean, Wash is kind of the only blonde one, though. Uh, the fact that we ended up with a redhead um, in our Mrs. Reynolds is pretty uh would have been pretty genetically impressive yeah at that point in time but yeah so important question before we get on to our main events i want you to think about this one or how you how you would be okay with it do you want to see a reboot and if they if if there was a possible way how would be the ways that you would accept it uh let, let's start with negative nancy over there christina uh, the, it, it's perfection on its own. I, I am too afraid when you have something that's this beautiful, this exquisite, there's too much of a, I mean, it's almost like realtoring, you know, realtoring your, your wedding dress. It's so perfect in what it is that it's never going to be that again. And, and I just, I don't want, I mean, maybe if they'd have done it 10 years ago, I would have been more open to it. Maybe I'm just super nostalgic now, but no, 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 no. That's fair. So tell me, what about you? So I'm, I am not open to a reboot. However, I would be open to something that was more sequel-ish, like, you know, in the world. coming into, in the world now, with time-wise, time-appropriate. Even so though that, they've killed Wash and Shepherd, even they, but oh know, my right. god, oh my god, don't even. We'll get I into that. We will get crying into that again. <laughs> I will start ugly crying on this podcast right now. That'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean, because that at least would keep it open for seeing, seeing Mal, like what became of the you know the rest of the cast. But they would not. I would not see it as them being the core cast. I just think it would be so. They would have their work cut out for them in finding a core cast that had that magic. Yeah. We've all had that experience before, either in a work situation or like going to a party or just some sort of group situation where you had like that perfect group of people and it was just like easy and magic. Yeah. And that's what they had here. So I think that would be the that would be the biggest challenge is just assembling the cast. And I'd, I'd be open to it. I would have high expectations, but I would be open to it. I, I have a plan to make this work, but I'll let Skeeter go first. Okay, so I don't want to see a reboot, but let's put a movie budget to it. 
keep the cast because you can have the budget for for the cast in a movie budget. Um, a I little bit like different. That's that's Serenity. Just so you know, that's Serenity. Right, that's Serenity. So let's so let's up the game some more. You know, I see. I maybe see. because if the we big, can big kick, budget. we go big, big, we go big movie budget. Keep Whedon because he can kick away from that land of the lost CGI and into some some more some put some more money into the CGI. Then, you know, it could be an awesome feature film. Like this could be 180 minutes of holy moly. It would be a trilogy. If, if you did that. right, it could, and you then retelling the story. I think so. Like retelling okay. it from okay, the so beginning, complete recreating that that love, and give us a little bit more of the war before. And I think that if they did that, I think the studios or even Hulu, Netflix, any of those streaming services would be like, "We want this. Bring it back as a TV Fishman. show. Let's go episodic, and we win." Mm-hmm. Right. Satomi wins. We get this episodic thing back. Fireflies back on TV or streaming, and we all get what we want now. So since I binge this in a day. So then, would would the ship would Firefly become like the Enterprise and be sort of we get different versions of her? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, I would like to make it work. I don't want to see reboot. I want like see sequel, but it's going to start with two full seasons of an animated series where it shows them getting older and it gives you the story of getting from point A to point B and you get to introduce the new characters. And then when it goes back to live after two seasons of this animated, then you have your cast and you have your chemistry and you have, there's no lapse in the storytelling because you can watch them slowly get older. Then all of a sudden, wow, dude, you're gray. Now what happened? You know, cause I, I hate seeing that. But this would can give I, you that that step in between. Can I add just one more thing, real quick? Fire away. So some of the things that 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 like can get better. The ADR um, with the the guys that came to get him from the from the Russian dude uh, yeah. when they went to get the medicine. The ADR was rough. The phone the was a little bad. ATV in one episode was literally a Harley motor. Um, it was pretty awesome. Um, but my favorite thing was the Starship Trooper helmets on the Alliance guys. Did anyone uh, else notice this? I they did. Straight up, the helmets from Starship Troopers. I was like, what? I can see it now. So it was really cool. Don't take that, it off. Don't take it off. At the same time, they could 100% uh, justify all of that because, you know, they, they've been, they're salvagers. They've been, yeah. they've been salvaging all of this material. So it makes, per- that makes perfect sense. That does. Maybe the ADR, not so much, but. Nice. (laughs) Okay, well, let's move on to our main event. Now it's time for the main event. Okay, so for today's main event, we're not doing our normal top five, but we wanted to kind of cover just the main the main characters and kind of our thoughts on them. So let's start with number one, which is Nathan file on himself. Who's become the king of all things geek um, playing Mal Reynolds. What is your guys' thoughts on the character of Mal Reynolds? Let's start with Christine on this one. So there were moments that I loved him. There were moments that I wasn't so fond of him Uh, at the end. I mean, he's very altruistic. But he he absolutely takes care of his crew, and I have so much respect for that. But um, yeah, there were moments where sometimes it was his his character was a little hard to swallow, but it made the rest of them stronger. So I was able to accept it. I felt like he was too good at times. He was he was like too perfect, and it's definitely I'm a leading man, and we knew it. That was that that's one of my few complaints about the show. He just felt like. Yeah, I wanted him to be a little more flawed. And he was flawed, but I wanted him to have a little more solo-type characteristics. Uh, Skeeter, what about you? What's your thoughts on Captain? Um, it's 
Nathan Fillion. That's all I need to say. That's it. Like, dude is phenomenal in anything that he does. Um, there was a scene, I think it was like in, in episode like three, when the doctor, um, when they bring the doctor back to the ship, to the, to the Firefly, and he said, why did you bring us back? Why did you bring us back? And it was that it was a moment that he looked at him and he said, because you're part of the crew. Yeah. Like, because you're part of my crew. That was him. It is fine. It was a, one of the finest moments that I've seen him have. And I was just like, I'm hooked. That's what, that's what kept me watching this whole thing yesterday. Like, I just loved it. He's amazing. And, and before I get us to tell me, um, Nathan, if you are listening to this, I'm sorry for yelling at you when you were at the Venetian in the pool. <laughs> I apologize. No, I don't. Because, yeah, you know why you got yelled at and you deserved it. Uh, not the love, though. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, what's your thoughts on? Well, I mean, he, he is the eternal bad boy. But at the same time, he very much, the reason, the reason we're able to like him so much is because he has a, his, his moral compass does point pretty much true north Ish. that what what gets yes what well what gets what gets in the way is survival and um and he's seen he's seen life you know he's seen he's he's seen enough to know that things are not entirely black and white but he tries he tries yeah um i think we do see we do see him go darker once we hit serenity yeah you know when you'll 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 know it when i start fight when when i start fighting a war you'll know it you know mm-hmm. um i'm i'm misquoting that but it's good enough it's good enough um so and he's come on he's just he's funny as hell and i i know that a few things got improv during the shows and what's so fun is that again these these actors were able to get to know these characters so well so quickly so they were able to improv into those characters so easily that only happens when you have something that is that fully realized and i i I think that's i i get where you're coming from dub like Mm -hmm. you know sometimes where it's like "Mm." uh but it didn't bother me it was it was more like you know sometimes i wish i could stick to my guns that you know to what's right to make the decision what's right instead of what's easy kind of thing um but yeah, and he was that. That's also Nathan looking his hottest in his career as well. So <laughs> I knew that, that was coming hurt. up from somewhere. That doesn't hurt. Okay, now let's go with part one of literally one of the most perfect couples to ever be on any television oh. show. We have Zoe Washburn, which was played by Gina Torres, which I don't know if I've seen her anywhere else. Yes, you have. Angel. You have. Oh. I that I was more, I was a Buffy fan. I really wasn't into Angel that much. I know, I and a bunch know. of other stuff too. Yeah, I feel, I I feel like Christina, I just told Christina you that. knows knows the other stuff. I'm what's the other stuff, Christina? She's currently on Nine One One Lone Star with Rob Lowe. She plays an amazing character, uh, as she is so unbelievably talented. Yeah, she's so, done a t- she's done a ton of stuff. You've seen her, you just didn't know where. So so let's talk about this character a little bit. Let's start with Satomi. Tell, tell me, what do you think about the strengths, weaknesses of this character? Oh, I love her. I love her so much because she's, she, um, she is a powerful woman and she has no problem with that. Yeah. Now, I want to say something about the show as a whole. You know that I, I've said it before. I don't like when, you know, strong, independent woman pushed in your face, you know, because I'm better than anybody else. I hate that trope. They had all the women in this movie and the show were incredibly strong, but it never felt pushed. It never felt forced. It's like they did what they did and they didn't have to talk about it. And that was right. Yep. That was that. That's that's how you write a strong, independent woman. Um, And I'm not meaning to harp on that type thing, but no, I I felt I feel like if, if they didn't preach it at you, they just showed you what you can do. And I love that. That was so perfect. And starting with her. Skeeter, what'd you think of Zoe Washburn? So tough mutter. Like this woman was a beast. Um, she was 
the best, I called her sidearm, not sidekick, uh, to, uh, to Mal um, that he could have. Like, literally, a couple of scenes that she was like, boom. Like, she was yeah. there for him. Like, she whooped some tail in this, in, in almost every episode that you see her in. She's there. She's got his back. And the presence 100%. she had, yeah. The presence she had. Her role with Tudyk as his wife, like, oh my gosh. It was so well played. And I I would love to go back. I'm going to IMDB again and just see what she's played in otherwise and, and watch that to, to kind of check her roles. Because yeah. she just did amazing. Christina? So Zoe is probably my longest running woman crush. Absolutely. She is a bad mama jama. But uh, what I love about her is even though she's completely loyal to Mal, um, she has no problem going against him when it when she feels like it's necessary, when it's a serious situation that affects her core. Yeah. And, you know, but she and, still and, understood the chain of command enough that she just because she didn't agree. There was times she'd be like, okay, well, this is the chain of command. We'll deal yep. with this later. Absolutely. And that was so perfect for military. Absolutely. But then you get to see this incredibly sweet, soft side of her in, in, in her whole romance. And that that is like just the most amazing couple I've ever seen. Um, and he has no problem with her strengths. And that's the other thing that made that relationship so incredibly sexy. So, well, then let's go right on to Alan Tudyk, who played Wash. And if this is, I think this is where all the Alan Tudyk love started is this show, I think. But this guy is like just a geek god. I, everything he goes, I think he, I would put him above Nathan Phylon as that, you know, face of geekdom. He's just perfect for a lot of reasons. He plays us. He, whenever he plays something, he's playing us. He's playing the geek. He's competent. He's not a klutz. He's very good at what he does. He's not socially inept, but he's not the life of the party. Yeah, there's just a lot to this character. And I'd say with, with, with their relationship, you can't separate the relationship. I hope that if they went forward, that they would never split them up we're not talking about serenity but they would never split them up and they'd be they're, they're the couple you don't ever want to see broken up you don't want to see zoe and oh, you with know Mal. they would mess with that though you know it's no, that like it, it gives they, that line. they would end up back to. together yeah, yeah I, I know but you know they would do it i wouldn't want them to because i no. do, i think that their relationship is better than that i agree so and uh, let's start with skeeter on this one with wash Okay, so I am a diehard Tudyk fan. I, I, everything that he's ever done. I mean, when you can break the world by being a chicken, you got this, right? Yeah. So he was hey, hey. He was, um, I don't remember the numbers and letters in, uh, in what was it? RDS2 yeah. or Rogue One. So, like, the dude in this is phenomenal. He's got the best dialect with regards to the, 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 the Chinese. He plays opposite Zoe so good um, in everything that he does. He's an amazing pilot, like the way he plays his role as a pilot. So, I mean, my notes literally say, Alan Tudyk, need I say more? Like yeah. <laughs> that's fair. It's everything he does in this, like the casting, whoever the casting director in this is like, thank you. You know? Yeah. I just, I can't say enough about the, they put this crew together. I mean, now once we get to James, we'll talk, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get back. Like, the, the, the Tudor character wash. I'm a fan. He's uh, he's my hero. What about you, Christina? I adore his laconic sense of humor. I I, I the way that they wrote him, um, and and his calming presence when everybody else is getting heated, and he's that kind of like 
the voice of reason a little bit. Um, but more than that, I, I just, I love his complete adoration of, of Zoe. Yeah. Like I, I, I love it. I think it's, it's They're incredibly one unique and he was so incredibly believable. Yeah. So tell me, what about you? I mean, I agree with Skeeter. Alan Tudyk is just a, a wonderful, wonderful actor. His current work on uh, Resident Alien is exceptional. Um, he he is so delightful. Now, the character of Wash specifically, like you said, Dub, is an everyman. Yeah, you know, he's he's the one that sort of gives us permission to to join the crew because he's sitting there playing with his with his action figures and he's got his little dinosaurs sitting you know stuck to the console so it you know it's like it's taking this futuristic world and putting he's the character who really puts it into a framework of where we are now so that yeah. we can relate and then buy into the rest of it yeah um, this, this show yeah. does not happen without him period uh yeah, I mean, if, if they would be if they were to do a sequel, they would be in trouble. <laughs> not not in trouble, but they would need to find some. Oh God, Zoe's pregnant or something, you know, and Ugh. has a kid. But you know, it doesn't. And have it's to a be clone of Alan Tudyk. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's I, I. I don't think I don't think this show happened without any single one of these people. This is truly an ensemble. Yeah. Show. Okay, so let's talk about Inara Sierra. I think that's how you said her last name. Um, it was played by Marina Bakarin. Mm -hmm. She is, but she has been in DC stuff, Marvel stuff, Image stuff. She is got a lot of geek cred to her. Um, great character. I, I she was the one I was the most. Do we really need this character on this on the show when I first started? But she's she was a fantastic character. But that was that was that was my biggest hate, he, hesitancy when I started. Um, so tell me, what do you think about her? Well, you know, as a as a female, it, I I did not expect to be okay with having a um, uh, worker. A, yeah, no. That what was the, what was the name? I I can't believe I'm blanking on what they call a them. Companion. Companion of having you know having a companion, um, which is you know it's she's essentially a geisha. Um, this is somebody who is highly trained. It's not about sex. It's about being a companion. It's about, you know, being someone for, if, if you do any study of geisha, many of them, you know, sex was like the smallest part of it. It was about having intelligent conversations and, you know, being a way for, for men or women to relax. Mm -hmm. And, um, as, you know, it would be as a female, it's, it, it, I was all ready to just be up in arms and be like, you know, F that, that is, mm -mm. and um, honestly, I was like, oh, well, you know, watching human behavior, seeing how human culture functions and how slowly it changes, yeah, it actually kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, kinda, it does make sense in this particular universe, especially, um, you know, considering that they're, they're working in either a place of lots and lots of money with the Alliance or the Outer Rim when you're talking about the um, uh, the episode. And I'm blanking now, I feel so bad, but <laughs> the, epi the episode with the, uh, she actually, I, I'm assuming I can say this with, with the actual whorehouse yeah. and how she makes that differentiation um, between what those two are. And I thought, I just thought that was really interesting. And, and as a woman watching it, it just sort of gave me a lot of food for thought watching. Christina. All right. So what I what I what I love about her character is even though she was a companion, a geisha, a courtesan, whatever you want to call her, um, she absolutely had her own agenda. And control. Yeah. Yeah. And that they never took her power. And that was why I was able to accept her as the character that she was, because they never took her power. Yeah, she even has a has a line at one point um that she chooses who her clients are it's not the other way around skeeter powerful character um i love the relationship between her and mal um it kind of had this tension but not tension you could see it you know it was for the, about three seasons ahead was when we were going to see that all come to fruition 
Yep. So, um, but Satomi hit the nail on the head with this one. Um, there was an episode when they go back to the, to go get the mud. Um, when, you know, she's with the, the, the big wigs son and he walks in with his son and he's like, and she's like, okay, you can leave now. Like you don't need to be here. You don't get to be here. There's a whole process to this. We're going to drink this tea and we're going to talk and we're going to do this. And she was, um, she was just so, uh, I can't think of the word, but everything about her was very cultured. It was very strong. And how do you do that in the role yeah. that you're playing? You know, and she just was wonderful. Like, and it could have gone so wrong. Yes. You know, there was a million and, ways for that character to go wrong. You know, and when, even when like the, the episode with the sword fight and the guy said, you'll never work again, I'm going to tell everybody. And she goes, no, no, that's not how this works. You are now black marked in the entire companion world. You will never, you'll, you'll never get another woman like this again. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> but no, love her and everything she plays. She did so good in this. It still kind of makes me sad that. Yeah, there's not more. Okay, so we got five characters left that we got to hit, so we're gonna have to hit them kind of fast. I apologize. It's not because we don't love these characters, but we're gonna kind of jam through a little bit. Um, next one up is Adam Baldwin playing Janie Cobb, which, by the way, is the exact same character he played in um, Chuck, and I'm a hundred percent okay with it. Love this character. I don't want him to do anything else because I don't think he can very well. Be to be honest, this is the character he was born to play. And I'll play it again and again, but love, love, love the character. Uh, Christina? Adore Adam Baldwin, 100%. He's not related to the Baldwins, by the way. Um, yeah, no, his character is strong, powerful, but very, very single-minded, and it works in this show. Yeah. So, Tommy? Same thing. He's, he's uh, you know, he's a bit of the stereotypical dumb jock, but but you you can still follow his his slightly skewed logic and this kind of role absolutely is Adam Baldwin to It's a his tea. bread and butter. Yep. It's his bread and butter. Skeeter. Every episode every show needs a dun dun and Adam Baldwin played it perfectly. Um he just, you know, I still have the picture from Full Metal Jacket of Adam oh. Baldwin um yeah you know the less said Vietnam. on that scene the better <laughs> yeah so that's you know I, he did he played the role that he needed to play yeah that's it now and i just because of what satoni said what skeeter said i want to throw in one thing on that is he may be a dumb jock but yes you can follow his logic and that's what makes him an important role if if you couldn't follow his logic he's worthless you can yep. follow his logic every time. You may not agree with it, but you can definitely right. understand it. Yep. He made so, it simple. He made it yeah. simple to follow his logic. That's where was, that's where I was going. It was like, well, I'm, I'm gonna go take take the front. Well, why? You'd have to know why, not just because he wants to be a man. That's because that's what he feels the smart thing to do. Okay, next one up is Kaylee Fry, Jewel Stat Stat State. I don't know how to state. Um, another fun character. Um I feel like she was definitely going to be getting more in further seasons. I don't think she had enough on this one, to be completely honest with you. Um, just great character all the way around. Uh, Skeeter. She was fun. Um, she handled it. She knew her, she knew her craft. She loved it. Um, and she just made things fun. Like her different lines and how she just kind of was, Quirky, but smart and cute, and everything about her was just cool. I, I loved her role. I liked her, her better than Nanera, to be honest with you, as a character. If you got to pick a favorite girl or whatever. Christina. Zoe was my woman crush. Kaylee is everybody's favorite little sister. I adore her mm-hmm. personality, her her verve, her, like, even from the very verb. moment where she eats the strawberry, strawberry on season, you know, the very first episode, just that joy that she finds in life is, is rare. And I, and we didn't get enough of her. Absolutely. Yeah. We did not get enough of her. 
and you, I guarantee you would have seen more of her on future seasons. I think, I think she, I, I feel like there was plans for it that they never got to. So Tommy. Well, there was plans for everybody that they never got to. Clearly. Well, true. But she got, um, I think, got the least. Yeah. I mean, she's the innocent. She's the yeah. innocent. And it's wonderful to have that, that sort of wide eyed, um, that space for that, that kind of character in this. It's almost like every single one of them is a different aspect of our own personalities. It's sort of like, you know, ins- like Disney's Inside Out, but for adults yeah. in space with cowboys. Wow, that's, that's awesome, actually. In a way, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did enjoy that, even though she was very innocent, though. Yeah. She was very, she was very comfortable with her own sexuality. Um, you know, her body was still very much her own. Um, which is which is why when we got into the the final episode, why that was such a terrifying moment. Yeah, and again, it wasn't pushed. It was this is no. who the character is, and she's strong yeah. and awesome. Okay, next one up is my least favorite character on the show, uh, Doctor Simon Tam. I don't like. I I don't like the way he was played. He's is to me the weak part of the show. I think he was written the worst. Take it as you will. Uh, so Tony, start with this one. He, 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 it took a long time for me to, for him to grow on me as well. I mean, he's the square if we're talking, if we're talking types and he's, mm-hmm. he is the outcast in that, uh, yes, in that um, group. So, uh, I, and I, I do also feel that he had the, the longest time of getting comfortable in his own character. Yeah. Um, and that, that could have been maybe they still didn't know exactly how deep that story went with him with him and river maybe they didn't know yet yeah um so it's possible he didn't have as much to go with i don't know i i'm, I'm giving him the the benefit of the doubt as a fellow actor yeah. skeeter uh my notes say at the beginning i thought he was a guy with the secret um obviously had a a secret at the very beginning um the only time that I felt like he, like I started to like feel uh, he was loosening up was the, the mud episode when he got, you know, when they started drinking the milk. Um, and then he went right back to his, to his yeah. role. Like I just, I was struggling with that, but he was doing, you know, I mean, he played the part, he was a doctor yeah. and he was there to protect his sister. And that's what he did. Christina. I'm just going to say he was by far the driest character. Yeah. I, I just, I, it, it just wasn't flushed. And you know what? You have this big a cast. It's going to happen from time to time. Okay. Now let's go with the breakout star of the show. Uh, Summer Glau, who played River Tam. Um, I feel like, yes, they gave her a lot of screen time, but they didn't even touch what they should have been doing with her. Love this character. Well, I, mean, I think that's what Serenity was for. Yeah. But even with that, I, I feel like it just didn't get enough. I want to see more of, yeah. But again, that's just, you're not going to get it. But I like what they did with her. Um, Christina. I love Summer Glow. I, almost everything she's been in, I have 1,000% been on board. I do agree that I wanted to see more of her, but it was really nice to see her in Serenity uh, a little more fully fleshed out and, and, and to see her power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I, I could talk forever about her, so I'm going to let somebody else go because we're in a time crunch. Skeeter. So spent time trying to figure out was, you know, what was going on. You know, we find out, you know, early on, she's a genius. She's this, she's that. Um, I love her interaction with the shepherd. um, But literally, like, she needed, they definitely needed to push this thing out a little farther so we could get more of the character uh, to know who she actually was. She did a wonderful job. Almost felt like she was kind of a mystic, but not. And just, it was, it was crazy, yeah. but it was good. She did a wonderful job. Nice. And so tell me, I know you want to hit her real quick and then I'll, I'll do Shepard by myself, but yeah, let's, well, let's hear. I, I mean, I, I love River and I think we didn't see, the reason we didn't see more from her is obviously her arc is the one that will drive or would drive the rest of the show launching into future Ep, uh, future seasons 
And so that's why we didn't see as much of it because they were just warming up. I mean, you know, two by two hands of blue, um, you know, we're just, we're just popping right. It's such a great springboard with all of the stuff that was happening with her. And of course they tried to cover as much of it in serenity as they could, but we did miss a few things. Like we lost the hands of blue stuff and, um, but, uh, it's just a wonderful character. And she's always been, Summer Glau has always been pretty compelling when you look at like yeah. when she was in Angel Terminator. and she played the ballerina and then, you know, Terminator, which came later. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see which which actors have either been able to slash chosen to uh, move on to other genres as well. Um, you know, Julie States stayed squarely in the, in the sci-fi range. Um, Gina Torres is like all over the place. And uh, I, I'm always curious what, what drives how that happens in a career where yeah. you head, you know, don't always have control over it. That's true. Now I, I'm going to, we have one more and I'm going to hit it myself. Um, and that is Shepard. Um, talk about a million ways that you could go wrong with a character. You literally are introducing a religious element into this, this universe without offending anybody it yeah. did it was never i mean they, they could have gone you know he, he, he's a he's a big hypocrite or whatever and they didn't do that they he believed his beliefs he had a past but he was ne and he he was never the push it in your face it was never he was never the butt of the joke they did that just so right um and i'm sorry we got to close it off here because we're way over time guys so uh, yeah, check out our website, www.iheartgeekshow.com. Use Tom We Paid X for it. Do the contest on our What If episodes. Do, uh, yeah, like, subscribe. Talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Discord, on Instagram, on TikTok. Yeah, we're everywhere. And until next time, I'm Dub. I'm here with Christina and Skeeter and Satomi. Keep on geeking on, guys. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.